Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to the 100th episode of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. My name is Barbara and I'd like to know, Elvis, where's our cake? <laughs> the cake comes in four episodes. Oh, man. That will be our two-year anniversary. Aww. Today, we're just celebrating episode 100 today. So wow. Cake will come in a few weeks. I got it on order. You know, usually when a television show reaches 100 episodes, that means the show can be sold into syndication. Whoa. Barb and I promise that we will never sell out. Because all 100 episodes are available every day, all day, anytime you want. Wow. I'll say we want to thank everyone who's been with us all along the way. I got to say big thanks also to the 130 plus guests that we have had over the last two years. And big thanks to our sponsors that have helped us put the show together and allow us to do what we really love, which is interview people, talk about great things and promote our industry. We want to give even a bigger thanks to all those people that have listened, that have come back to listen to us again and have actually told other people about the podcast. You guys are actually the reason why we do this every week. Because we just want to talk to the coolest industry in dentistry. Here's to the next. Let's do that together. Ready? All right. Here's yeah. Here's to the next. Try it one more time. Go, go. Here's, here's to the next, to the next 100 episodes. Episode. <laughs> we tried, that probably will not work. We tried to do that in sync, but obviously uh, we didn't do too good. So, yep. Here's to the next 100. <laughs> So we are actually recording this episode before LMT Lab Day Chicago. With all the great events and activity going on, we felt it would be wise for us to get this episode out of the way so we can concentrate on all the great recordings we're going to be doing at Lab Day. You don't have to worry about getting it released on the Monday after because Barb will be hungover. No, I won't. (laughs) <laughs> I've turned over a new leaf. I'm president of the NADL. I am good soldier. Nice, nice. You're not going to have to worry about this girl. So basically, you're a mega buzzkill the whole weekend. We're yes. really looking forward. Yes. No, actually, I'm going to have a really good time. I'm just going to um, have a really good time. And we're going to hear all about it. And if people will head over to our Facebook page or our Instagram account, they can check out some of the pictures of all the fun we had while we were recording at the Argon booth over the weekend. Wow. So this week, we bring you a very special guest. When we started this podcast back in April of 2018, it was actually Lab Day Chicago that February that I went around and I even asked Barb to be on the podcast with me. Yep. But I reached out to a lot of people in the industry and asked if they would be interested in being on the podcast. Of course, they all said yes. And eventually, we had them all on the podcast. Yeah. Most of them, most of them within the first year. But there was one man <laughs> that always had a hard time finding the time to record. For years. For years. Well, actually, a <laughs> hundred weeks. But we finally got to talk with the CEO of the Argon Company, Anton Wolf. Yay! Finally! Thank you, Anton. <laughs> Anton is a super nice guy who tells us all about how Argon got started, what happened when he came into the company, the growth Argon has seen in the non alloy products, and where Argon is going next. It's a fantastic conversation that we are extremely happy to showcase on the 100th episode. So join us as we talk to Anton Wolf. So lab day may be over, but the specials are still going on. So contact your NOAC Dental or NOAC Digital representative to discuss what your needs are. They hope to see everybody at future trade shows. So please visit NOACDental.com or NOACDigital.com to find out where they will be next. NOAC Dental and NOAC Digital would like to congratulate, aw, that's awesome, Voices from the Bench on hitting a milestone of episode 100. Thanks, guys. 
And Elvis and I would like to thank NOAC Dental for their continued support of the podcast. And I know for a fact, because every time I see Sean Nowak, he always uh, quotes our episodes. So thank you, Sean, for being a supporter. We appreciate you. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. Yeah, that's been two years. <laughs> that's been two years. You were just being nice, Barb. Yep. Yep. Okay. The original question I wrote up in June of 2018. Did you send them to me? Yeah, I did. He's sending them to me. So we interrupt ourselves all the time. So just so you know. Uh, that's awesome. Actually, yes. he interrupts me. Well, I'm excited. It's my first podcast ever. Nice. So I am very excited. Yay. A little nervous, I'll be honest. Of course. But don't worry about it. Excited to yeah. be talking to you guys. And I know I say this to you, Elvis, but what you guys have built with this Voices from the Bench is uh, really phenomenal. Thank you. And it's incredible to really have this concept of uh, reaching out to people within our industry, getting them to talk and to share their feelings about about our industry, I think is fantastic. So congratulations to the two thank of you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's nice that we're able to provide this without people having to go to conferences or events or anything. And keep it casual. Yeah. and Casual and fun. Yeah, keep it casual. Yeah. Casual and fun. Awesome. Yeah, uh, even though I'm not from the bench, uh, <laughs> it's still my voice, right? I'm not from the bench either, so don't worry. Yes. <laughs> oh, really? Sure. Not? I'm not a technician. Yeah. Okay. Well, when I first joined Oregon about 20 years ago, my father thought it was a good idea for me to make my first PFM crown. So I made a high gold. It was actually gold tech by 2000. Mm. And I was putting porcelain onto it. And I would paint the porcelain and it would just fall over and droop over. (laughs) And then I'd paint it on and it would droop over. And it took me about four hours and I finally got it to stay. And then I put it in the furnace in the oven and it shrunk like 30%. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, this is the most difficult thing I've ever had to do. Like there was no shade. There was no, like there was no anything. And I have a tremendous amount of respect for technicians after that. And the funny thing was, I took that crown around to show like a sample of the color until one very kind technician said to me, I really wouldn't show this to anyone if I were you. I was like, no, it's just the color. He's like, this is not a good representation of your product. I was like, no. So from that day, I'm the voice away from the bench is where my company likes to put me. So it's uh, it's been great. Was that the last crown you made? That was the last crown I made. Last Absolutely. And, only, and do you still have it? I do not have it anymore. I sent it in for refining. We offer a wonderful <laughs> refining service. <laughs> great answer. Great answer. Well, hell, we already got started here. You've already told a story. So let's introduce you. <laughs> Anton Wolf, CEO of the Argon Corporation. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Fantastic. Excited to be here. Ready to have you. Awesome. So happy. We like your voice, actually. It sounds really good on the podcast. Oh, thank you very much. I've been practicing for <laughs> 43 years. Ah, <laughs> uh, South Africa, I take it? Yes, absolutely. So tell us about that. So that's where you're from? Yeah, uh, born in South Africa. That's where the company actually started. And we moved here in 1987 when I was uh, 10 years old. Wow. So is your dad still involved at all? Yeah, absolutely. My parents, uh, well, just to go back to the history, uh, my it was actually my father's cousin that uh, founded Argon. And it started as a company taking x-ray films and refining Ooh. it for silver which is where the name Argon comes from, which is Argentum is Latin for silver. And then about three or four years later, my father came into the business and then his cousin left for Australia. My mother and father got married and built up Argon from there in 1963, 64. I don't think I've ever heard that story. So you pull silver from x-rays, like the old kind of flimsy things they hold up to the light type x-rays? Absolutely. There's uh, traces of silver in that. So that's what they would do. And they would melt it down and somehow extract the silver. And that's where the company started. And then from that, they went into other precious metals, gold and palladium and platinum. and went into jewelry, into chemicals, and then into dental as well. 
And when they were in South Africa, they had a very successful business and were actually doing all those product lines. And then in 1984, they saw that there was a difficult future in South Africa and they wanted to move my sister and I out of the country and start a new life. So they opened a company in New York City and decided to only focus on dental. So they could have done jewelry and chemicals and refining, but they really looked at all the different businesses and they said the dental market and the dental lab is a great industry to be in. Great people and could be something that if focused on, they could do very well. And in retrospect, it was the best decision my parents ever made. Wow. Nice. I love that story. That's cool. Yeah. Was there a lot of competition in our industry at that time? For alloy? Yeah, absolutely. When we came here in 1987, it was the Jelenkos, the Williams, yep. yeah. the Oriums, the Wilkinson, Leach and Dillon. And we were this very small, unknown company. And my parents actually had to start from scratch again, had to go from bank to bank to try and get their first loan until one bank took a gamble on us and gave my parents the first loan. And we couldn't actually afford salespeople when we first started. So we went through dealers. Many of our dealers have now become full-time salespeople that were with us 25, 30 years ago. Oh, interesting. And slowly, my father and mother's concept was we would offer the highest quality products, great customer support, great technical support at a competitive price. And uh, slowly we gained market share and gained market share. And by 1995, 1996, we're actually the largest precious metal company in the U.S. Is that like, what, 10 years? It took about 10 years to become the largest precious metal company. Yeah, it was quite incredible. So how did they pull you in? So what year did you go in and and start in the company? So so I graduated Michigan. Go Blue. We got to throw that in there. Yeah, that's where I was born. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I graduated in 98 and I said I would never join the family business ever. <laughs> really? Uh, I'm sure, Barb, you were maybe there as well, right? Oh, I was there, yeah, this this is not for me. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to trailblaze my own path. And I moved to New York City where I worked for PricewaterhouseCoopers uh, doing turnaround and uh, business restructuring. And after about two years of doing consulting, where you go to companies and you tell them what they should be doing. They say, thank you very much. (laughs) Then they do whatever they want. But I'd grown up up in an atmosphere where my parents like had an idea and made it happen. So I think consulting really didn't fit who I was. So I was talking to my father and I was saying, you know, we give all this advice and we do all this work and then they just do whatever they want. (laughs) And it's like, you should come see what we're doing at Argon. And I was like, no, it's not for me. So we actually purchased a subsidiary in England called Skill Bond. <laughs> and I moved out to London for about uh, 10, 11 months, working on all of our European dealers and co-traveling with them and visiting labs with them and cold calling. And I thought I was then going to come back to the US and go to business school. But about a year into Skill Bond, my father calls me up and he says, how are things going? And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, it's so exciting. <laughs> like, we have an idea and we follow through with it and we make it happen. And he's like, yeah, you should see what's happening in San Diego in corporate. I was like, really? What's happening? And then I came for one week and that was 19 and a half years later. Here I am. Wow. That's incredible. That's great. It was a great, it was great. And we went through a tremendous amount of change here at Oregon. I joined technically in the end of 2000, beginning 2001. So 20 years. Oh my God. Yeah. Super awesome. I know you work with your wife. So when did you meet your wife and how did she come along? So Julie, we've been married 13 years together, 16 years. I hope I'm getting these numbers correct or I'm going to be right. <laughs> Why did I commit to, to yours? We can easily take that out of the interview, right? What day were you yeah. married? March huh? 26. <laughs> Got that down to the love of my life. Elvis is a great editor. So Julie was actually working on Wall Street. That's where uh, she started working after college. And then she moved out to San Diego. 
and was working for a huge technology company out here doing mm -hmm. systems integrations and software and was really in charge of uh, all of their system integrations and training for their IT platform. So about seven, eight years ago, when we started to talk about digital as being the future of our company and that we were going to have a digital outsource center to help support the labs, I was talking about my vision for the business. And I shared with her the vision for what our website would look like. And it was basically the easy button from Staples, right? I was like, they just got to put the yeah, button yeah. and it's going to come here. We're going to make it and send it back to them. And she looked at me. She said, okay, she's, uh, who's your web architect? And I was like, my what? <laughs> she's like, well, you, you can't design an IT platform without designing what the base is going to look like. So then that's when we decided, I think we had just had our third daughter and she was thinking about going back to work at her old company, we decided that uh, Oregon could be a great fit because if she's going to spend time away from the kids and really dedicate herself, why not do it for something that we're growing together? So she joined the company sure. about six or seven years ago. And I can honestly say that Julie has not only transformed me and how I function as a CEO, but has completely transformed our company. Wow. Uh, it's been probably the best thing to happen to Oregon. Wow. That's super cool. Yeah. I'm always curious about people that are married and work together. How does that dynamic work when you're not at work? Do you talk a lot about alloys <laughs> at home? <laughs> so I'll tell you, it's, it's actually fantastic because Julie and I really complement each other. Mm -hmm. We have different strengths, especially here in the company. So she is a, she's our COO, a chief operating officer now, and she's responsible mm -hmm. for processes and procedures and for making things happen in a way that's scalable. And I like the vision, where we're going, what we're selling. So we actually make a great team yeah. and we complement each other. Right. You know, not only have Julie and I working well together, but we have like the most incredible team here, our executives and our managers. They're all rock stars and Julie and I just fit in with the team and we're all supporting each other and all really pushing our company forward. So it's at work, we talk about work together and at home, we don't talk about work. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. That was a rule that I put in a few years ago where we really have to have that separation. Yeah. So at home, sure. we do zero work together. Now, sometimes we'll be sitting there on our laptops and literally emailing each other. It's hysterical, <laughs> right? Because we're not allowed to talk. <laughs> you know, people here laugh, but they see us emailing each other at 10 p.m., 11 p.m., and they're like, aren't you guys there? We're like, we don't talk business at home, right? <laughs> that's hilarious. That's but it's been a great ride. But, you know, something that's also interesting is it's not easy. It's not easy working. No, I can imagine. With my wife. And probably it's not easy for her working with her husband. Uh, probably harder for her. <laughs> but, but we do have a business coach. And we have a business coach that's been working with us for a year now. Really? And our business yeah. coach comes wow. absolutely, right? He comes in twice a week and he works with us he works with our team so as we have issues together we have a great forum to talk about them get on the same page work towards a solution so you know i believe in business and in life you have to work you have to work for everything yeah. nothing comes easy all because sure. we're husband and wife doesn't mean we're going to work well together so we work at it yeah. and, we, and we put the effort and we put the work in and I think our company today is a different company, thanks to her. So tell me a little bit about your business coach, because I've hired some coaches throughout the year for speaking and for business. So how does he work with you guys? How does he work with you as a couple, you as a team and your company? Like, what do they do? So how we started is uh, he would come in uh, for an hour and a half once a week, and we would sit, mm -hmm. me, him and Julie and we would talk about the business. Mm -hmm. And it was just talking about issues that we were having, kind of getting them out there. You said this to me, I didn't like it. You said that to me, and I didn't like it, right? And we're talking through it. And then we start to get, well, where do we want to take this company? Who do we want to be? What kind of leaders do we want to be? What type of culture do we want to have in the company? And then it started to transform itself to not just like fixing problems, 
but looking towards the future. And he has really challenged us. We've changed the way we hold our meetings together. We've changed the ways that we set goals. So we really are developing not only as leaders, but as a company. And that is something I believe in, right? Like we can always get better. I think Oregon's doing really well. And from the outside, it probably looks great. But every day we're trying to get better. Every day we're trying to get better. We're trying to get better products, better processes, better support, but also for our people that we have here in San Diego. We want this to be a great place for people to work and to really feel part of the family. Yeah, I love that philosophy. That's got to be hard to do. It's got to work on it. Yeah, you, we just we just work. And, and now our business coach, I think, comes in probably four or five hours a week now. And uh, wow. it's been fantastic. Wow. Best time, energy that we've ever spent. Are you encouraging your kids to be in the business? <laughs> so my Not kids, yet, right? My kids are a tad bit young, but yeah. uh, they do come here in the summers and they work for a little bit. But I took my second daughter, actually, on a business trip to Europe in November, actually. Actually, I saw that on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was amazing. We had the best time. And we went to, we have a company in England with about 60 people and a company in Germany with about 70 people. And she came and she got in her dress and she walked around and shook everyone's hand and said, nice to meet you. And we had her homework from school and we would sit in the same boardroom and she would do her homework and I would conduct my normal meetings. And I think it was great for her. It was really great. We had really a great opportunity and experience. Did she show interest in joining the company or... Did she learn that she wants nothing to do with it, <laughs> like you did? Uh, maybe they don't talk to me that much. <laughs> I'm Not still yet. trying to uh, get through to them. So uh, yeah, she's she's still 10 years old. So I, I went it. on my yeah. first business trip with my father when I was 10 years old. So to me, when each of my daughters turns 10, I'm going to take them on a, on a business trip. Yeah. Nice. I remember that's a good way to do I it. never ever wanted anything to do with the business, but my dad always took me there on the weekends and I always was in the lab and playing with different things in the lab and then lo and behold, I sort of kind of fell into it. So I, I think it's great. I think it's great. So is she, is she your oldest? So your oldest is No, my oldest is eleven or turning okay. twelve actually in February while I'm in Chicago. Ouch. Oh. But uh, Well, she was born 12 years ago in San Diego during Chicago, and they announced it at the Cow Lab (laughs) Clothes Forum. Because I remember I was at the hospital, and I suddenly start to get all these random telephone calls, and Andy had told everyone that I just had a baby girl, and I was getting calls from, like, everyone in the dental industry. It was was really incredible. Yeah, so 12 years ago. I love that about our industry. We all really, really, really love and respect each other, and you're certainly a part of that. So I remember that, though. I think I was at that meeting. That was like 10 children ago, right? How many kids do you have? (laughs) Only four, only four, only four. (laughs) Yeah, four girls. Wow. When I had my third or fourth girl, one of my our salespeople uh, sent in, sent an email, said, I'm glad the next president of Oregon is going to be a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, damn it. I, like, I agree. I yeah. agree. I agree. <laughs> nice. So let's get back to talking about the actual company of Oregon. <laughs> yeah. So I had a debate with Marlon and Donnie. No. It's Oregon, not Argin, right? It is definitely Oregon, not Argin. Thank you. Good okay. clarification. Thank you. Yes. I want it directly from the source right now because I've heard it every way from everybody. I know. And uh, we used to say, as long as you're saying it, we're happy. (laughs) There you go. I think Andy told me that once. I think she was the one that pronounced it funny. And then somebody said it. No, it's Argen. And I've heard that ever since. And I make sure because Elvis and I talk about it all the time. It's like, no, it's Argen. Pronounce it correctly. There you have it on the podcast. Argen. Elvis. That's it. Yes. Nice. It's official now, right? It's official. It's official. It's no secret that you guys started as metal base, but as Donnie said when I talked to him at the Eastern Conference, last year you guys surpassed metal sales with Zirconia. Yeah, it's actually quite interesting. Uh, We were having this internal conversation where 
people still look at Oregon as an alloy company. Mm-hmm. And we are no longer just an alloy company. We still do alloy very well, but that is actually a smaller part of our business today. And people also see us as a digital outsourcing business, which I'm sure we'll get into. But we're really also a zirconia manufacturing company. And yeah. exactly in Q4 of last year, we sold more zirconia discs than ounces of precious alloys. Wow. That's crazy. Which is crazy. <laughs> I agree it's crazy. Yeah. Especially with how saturated the zirconia market is. It seems like everybody makes it. It's amazing that it outdid alloy, which has very few manufacturers in the industry. Yeah, and I think the reason is, is whenever we get into a product line, we always look at our, at our mission statement. And our mission statement is, how can we create products that can help our customers succeed? Yeah. Okay. Then we yeah. look at where do we have competitive advantages and how can we make our labs more successful? So for us, we just started with Zirconia probably six or seven years ago, and we saw that there was maybe not as much support in the industry, right? People still today really don't know too much about Zirconia, right? Paul Cascone, I think, Barb, you've seen some of his lectures. I'm not sure you've seen them, Elvis, but he talks about Zirconia, like (laughs) what it is. Like this is 60, 70% of our market Mm -hmm. share in the States right now. And I don't think people really understand what it is, right? You understand what gold is. No, so we just saw that there was a bit of a gap with people really understanding the support needed, that labs needed, and the innovation to get shades better, to get the material stronger, more translucent. We saw this opportunity that we felt we could actually surpass what was being done in the market. So that's when we started to invest. We have great people here, like really outstanding scientists, R&D, technical people. So we started to make our own zirconia, and it just started to grow and grow and grow. And the same way we grew the alloy business, we have a great product. I think to some degrees, it's, it's superior to some of the things on the market, thanks to our team here. But we also have great customer support. We have salespeople on the road checking in. How are things going? We have an outstanding website where you can order online, reorder. You can do everything online. And our technical support, we have 15 people wow. in our technical support team now. You can go on to Oregon University, which is on our website. You can see videos. We have webinars. There's just so much more that we're doing. And we have a great product so we grew last year our zirconia business by 50 percent wow five zero that's amazing wow so it's really exciting for us and i think sometimes what we're trying to do is people think like it's something extra that we're doing oh they're just have a furnace in the corner and they're making some zirconia like no it is a major part of our business and when people come to visit us i think they're quite shocked when they see it so so for me, it's been, it's been awesome. And I think offering a higher quality product with great technical support is making our labs who are buying our zirconia more successful. Absolutely. Which fits right into what we're trying to do. So didn't you guys open a new building a couple of years ago or maybe a year or two ago? Yeah. So we actually were in a 40,000 square foot building here in San Diego yeah. and we purchased a 95,000 square foot building and we thought we would use about 65,000 of it and we have a tenant in the other 35 but we thought we would move the digital center to this new building 65,000 square feet and then we would be able to close the other building and fold it in. Mm -hmm. Today our 40,000 square foot building is 100% jammed our 65,000 square foot is completely jammed wow. and we're waiting oh. for our tenant to move out next door so we can take over the 35,000. Wow. <laughs> so we went from 40,000 to today we're about 135,000 square feet or so we'll probably we have another few buildings so maybe 140,000 square feet. Damn, you're going to be like wow. the Jim Glidewell of San Diego. <laughs> That's an incredible place to be. Wow. Uh, he's an incredible, incredible Congratulations man. to you guys. Yeah, so we're, we continue to grow, we continue to innovate, we're doing, coming out with new products, and, uh, and we're having fun. We're having wow. fun. 
Do you remember the moment or the event where you said to yourself, we have to be more than just an alloy company? And you started getting into all the other products that you guys do? So uh, I wouldn't say it was an event, but around 2007, 2008, I started to look at the landscape and I saw that, in my opinion, digital was the future. But I didn't think that at that time, Zirconia had to be the only output, right? Yeah. So I created a business plan in 2008, which was extremely rudimentary. And it was presented to my parents, basically, right? And yeah. I said, the future of our industry is going to be digital. And we need to build this Oregon high-tech center, we called it. Very fancy name. Uh, yeah, very Yeah, that thank goodness never uh, made it past, uh, past that presentation. <laughs> but then we started to, in 2008, uh, look at it, 2009, 2010, we started to buy equipment. And then... Our all-time high in profitability of the company was actually 2010, and that was the most nervous I've been in our company, was when we were at the height of our profits, but I saw what was coming. And that's when we started to invest in digital, bought our first laser melting machine. And, uh, you know, I tell the story, we bought our first laser melting machine for $650,000, and we didn't have a single saleable part for two and a half years. That's some terrible ROI. And my, father, <laughs> and my father would call me into his office and say, uh, how much was that machine that we bought? I was like, oh, it was $650,000. He's like, great. How many parts have we sold from that machine? Oh, we haven't sold any. He's like, okay. He's like, when are we going to sell any parts? I was like, I don't know. It's R&D. And the next, the next month, how much was that machine that we bought? <laughs> so that went on for about uh, two and a half years. But uh, today we have, you know, four of those machines and 10 of the smaller ones. So we have about 14 laser melting machines and a digital center. We have about 125 pieces of equipment, printing machines and milling machines running 24 hours a day, five days a week. So that's really been something that has grown actually beyond my expectations. When I did my business plan, I said we would have 55 machines and we're at about 125 and actually, Wednesday of this week was our largest sales day ever in the history of the company. So, congratulations! Well, just for the digital, just for the digital yeah, center. Excellent. But you know, even as we work with labs to buy milling machines and mill their own zirconia, we still do shades that they don't build themselves, and we send it to digital, or we do models, or. There's always something that we can help our labs be more successful by having this digital center. So even though people are buying their own printers and their own mills, our digital business continues to grow. So it's really been a great, a great synergy with the lab, with our partners. So just yesterday was your largest? Digital unit day ever. Is today Thursday? Wow. Okay, yes, yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, let me first start off by saying you're welcome. We do send our stuff to you. Thank you. We had a pretty good day on Wednesday, too. You're welcome. Thank you. What is a majority of that? The SLMs and the the copings? Is that a majority of it? That can't be. Please tell me that's not it. Zirconia, Mill Zirconia is our biggest product line throughout Digital Center. Interesting. Are you continuing to see a dip? In the SLM business, not that it's not going well, but are you continuing to see zirconia go higher and metal go lower? Or are you seeing that even out a little bit? So what we see is a continual drop in precious yeah. and non-precious metals okay. across the market. Yeah. So our ingot sales are dropping every year. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is yeah. our SLM actually remains consistent and is growing slightly. The reason for that is when a lab is 70% metal, they do it themselves. When they 10, 15% metal, there's no reason to do that in-house. So we are getting more people sending us metal, which is why our SLM and our milled gold, for example, continue to actually rise in a falling market. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It does. I'm here in Indiana, and we still do way too much metal than I want to admit. Yeah. And I love the fact that you guys have allowed that I have not casted in probably a year, and I love it. I absolutely love it. I love it, too. Thank you. (laughs) 
<laughs> You're welcome. This is a love fest over yeah. here. This is fantastic. Wow. <laughs> so we're doing mostly uh, mostly zirconia yeah. um, at night. We have done very little metal for probably, I'd say, three years now. We're doing mostly Emacs and mostly zirconia. But I love the fact that there's so many options out there and that if you – you know, have a laboratory that's scanning and milling or, or if their systems go down, their mills go down, there's all of these options so that you don't stop manufacturing. I mean, you've got to be, obviously, you're, you're capitalizing on that, which is amazing. Yeah, and I think a huge success for us has been that we mill our own zirconia mm-hmm. and we mill a lot of it. So we have all of our milling strategies. We know how it works. Any mistake you could make with our zirconia, we've made it ourselves, right? Yeah. So it's a great quality control QC process. But also, you know, now that we have these multi-layer materials at different sizes and all these different shades, we are working with many of our customers and saying, hey, you should mill your top seven shades, your top eight shades, which make up 80% of your business. A2, B2. Yeah. And those other 10 shades... You should just send that to us because it could be one or two here and you don't have a 12 millimeter or a 60 millimeter disc. Because if you have multi-layer and you need a 10 millimeter, but you don't have it and you put yeah. it in 18, it's not yeah. going to look good, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah. here's an opportunity, same product, like same everything. If your mills are full, no problem. You send us 10 units, 100 units a day, no problem uh-huh. for us, right? So it's a great thing for our customers to have those two things together. So you mentioned all of the mills that you have. How many people do you have? How many techs do you have? Are you 24 hours? So do you accept all day, all night? Yeah. So we accept everything 24 hours a day. Files come in. Our file process is completely automated. So this is what Julie, my wife, actually built. That website that I thought was going to cost $40,000 is about $3.5 million, $4 million into it now. But where we are today, and we were just talking about this internally, if you design a custom abutment right now, let's say within 3Shape or within any software system, but in 3Shape, which we resell, you click on a little Argon logo within 3Shape that we've embedded in 3Shape. You press that button. Within three minutes, that part is being milled on one of our machines. Actual physically? Physically being milled on our machines within three minutes. Wow. So what? The button is pressed. It is automatically sent to our system. Our system automatically reads that file. All of the data, customer information, but also what the series is, what type of abutment it is, everything. That gets sent to that department. There's a robot in that department that automatically sees a file has come in. The robot pulls the part from inventory and puts it directly onto the milling machine. And all that happens within three minutes. Wow. That's insane. What if I didn't mean to hit the button? So you just brought (laughs) How do you stop this process? (laughs) You just brought up the funniest thing. We actually had to put a five-minute delay on this process because people were pressing the button and were like, oops, I didn't mean to press the button. (laughs) And And they were canceling it like five minutes later and it was on the machine being milled. So we have a five-minute delay just for you, Elvis. (laughs) (laughs) Who needs a five-minute delay? Oh, that's funny. (laughs) It's called the human error. The human error. And believe you me, we all do it. We all do it. Uh, That's hilarious. I had no idea it was that quick. Yeah, so this is what I think the future of our industry is. It's really IT, information technology, and information systems. And we have invested heavily. And even in our website, we won a WOW Award for Argon.com. Oh, I saw that. Congratulations. Yeah, usually WOW Awards are for like products. But I think people are really recognizing. And and, and I have to give Julie credit for this because, you know, she said we want customers to be ordering online and they want to go online and pay their bills. And I was like, no, technicians love to just call the sales rep and we like to talk to them and chat. And today, over 50% of our orders are placed online. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Now, we still have a full team here. Like, we can accept orders, but labs are becoming more sophisticated. And uh, we've invested in all of this IT. And, you know, sometimes I go into a lab 
that may not be sending us some work because they're sending it somewhere else. And I always go to the person designing and sending the cases. I say, who would you rather send it to? They're like, I'd much rather send it to you. It's so much easier. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, step one, right? Yeah. We've made it easy. Yeah. And now we just have to work on some other uh, selling attributes. But making it easy was a goal that we had. And I think we've done a really, really good job. Absolutely. With that. I see you guys everywhere. So I've got a question for you. I heard you have two robots yeah. in your manufacturing abutment department. Is this true? Yep, yep. So that's the robot that's able to get the, the part done in three minutes. Yeah. They're Maverick and Goose. Nice. Yeah. So Top Gun, which is a literally Top Gun, is a block away from us. So uh, the team here named the Maverick and Goose. Nice. Yeah. So uh, it's a really, really cool technology. There's a cool video on our website, actually, uh, that I've been uh, showing to people, uh, just showing our custom abutment. And, and it's interesting we actually went to robotics, not for labor savings, but actually for quality improvements. So what we found was when we were manually placing our abutment holders into the machines, it wasn't perfect every time. And we were actually having to touch the abutments manually after they came off the machine. Oh. That's, I mean, that's pretty common. There's actually most companies out there have to touch things up. Yeah. But what we did yeah, yeah. is we went with this robotic automation and it allowed us to actually have an individual milling strategy for every different type of part. <laughs> And a different strategy, if you're trying to do that manually, easy to make mistakes. But here, the robot will grab the, the carrier with the abutment blank, will read an RFID chip, it'll confirm that it's the right part, puts it in, mills it with the specific strategy for that series, mm -hmm. and then a touch probe comes in in the machine wow. and touches it to ensure that it's the accuracy that it's supposed to be. And if it's not, it just throws it away right then and there and grabs another one and is milled immediately. Wow. So now 98% of our parts come off the machine and they're done, which now wow. allows us to do split files. You know, everyone has this dream of split yep. files. <laughs> yeah, they never work. Ne they hardly it, ever work. We are knocking split files out of the park. Our design team came up with all these parameters on these abutments. And the proper way to design them for split files, because you actually have to design them a certain way. It's We'll share this with uh -huh. anyone. And we can print today by 3 p.m. West Coast time. You send us a design of a model, an abutment, and a zirconia crown. We manufacture that. We put it together in one bag on Tuesday. And it's delivered at your door Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. And it fits perfectly wow. together. Amazing. Wow. You have to try one of those, Elvis. We do. And not many humans have to touch it to adjust it. No right? humans touch it. Wow. That's unbelievable. Yeah, so you know we're not grinding the inside of the zirconia to make it fit, and we're not grinding the outside. Yeah. They fit perfectly. I actually get a report for months afterwards because I wasn't sure yeah. if we were touching it. I was like, how many are we touching? And you could just <laughs> see the numbers go down, 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 down. And wow. uh it's been a great success for us, and I think that's why our custom abutment business really has continued to grow and has been a great product line for us. So do you guys have a QC area? So they go through and you just double check everything and then ship it out? Yeah, absolutely. So we are a medical device manufacturer. Mm -hmm. uh, so there was a new regulation that actually came out called MDCEP, mm -hmm. which is a far stricter ISO certification. Okay. It has really improved our quality department sure. we used to have two people in our quality department we now have 15 full-time people wow. in our quality department not quality control that's just quality documentation to make sure we have the right processes in place then every single product that leaves our facility goes through a qc department but they're all for that department yeah so it doesn't go to a central qc because that would be a bottleneck mm -hmm. so literally the, mm. the the part comes off the robot it's tested in the machine and a qc person looks at it right then and there wow so the labs have an actual department that they can call uh, not that anything ever goes wrong lord forbid but so they'll know so you can actually see what line it came off of and who they need to talk to and all of that just in case yeah, well, actually, what we have is every one of our parts comes with a barcode. Mm -hmm. 
and you can scan that barcode and it brings up the STL file wow. for you right then and there. Cool. So you can actually take a look at that abutment and say, this isn't what I ordered or that's what I ordered. And right then and there, you can return it or you can contact us. Soon we're going to have live chat if you want, mm-hmm. or you call our technical department and our technical department pulls up that case and they have every single thing that happened to that case and can help with any issues that you may have. How did you guys come up with the barcode? So who did that for you? Just question, because I'm looking at that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I can put you in touch with Mark, who uh, runs our IT department here. He's fantastic. So we have two barcodes. We have an internal barcode, and then we have this STL viewer. Wow. uh, Which is very powerful. Super cool. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Elvis is speechless for once. I can't even... (laughs) <laughs> I really am. It's pretty amazing. So what's Argon working on now? What's the next big thing? Oh, it's Chicago, just saying. Yeah. When is this released? The the what, sorry? I said, Elvis, when are we releasing this? So it's just before Chicago now. It's uh, going to come out the Monday after Chicago. Oh, okay, so you probably can't tell us. Oh, no, I'll tell you with pleasure. <laughs> so great to see everyone in Chicago, right? If this is coming out on Monday. It was right? wonderful. Oh, it, was great. it was so cold. Yeah. Wow. wow. We what had a really good time at Harry Carey's. Exactly. <laughs> so it's quite interesting. 10, 15 years ago, we used to keep everything confidential. And we'd be working on all these projects for six months. And then we would launch them to the market. And people would say, oh, I wish I knew you were coming out with that because I've just gone with this other solution, right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I get that. About five years ago, I kind of said, you know what? If labs are really our partners and we really want them to be successful, we need to tell them what we're doing. So we are very open with the projects that we're working on and what we're trying to come out with. So we are sharing, trying to share as much as we can with what we're working on this year and even next year, right? Yeah. So what we're mm-hmm. working on this year, our biggest push for us is clearly going to be Zirconia. So I have a goal to become uh, the largest Zirconia company in the U.S. And for us to do that, we need to continue to innovate. So we just launched our STML, which is our multi-layer super translucent material. Nice. We just launched it in November. It's going unbelievably well Uh, sales are going through the roof so we're going to push that and then we have this ht plus material which is probably the fastest growing zirconia in the market over the last two years in our shaded we'll be coming out with that in multi-layer as well so for us i think you know there's a lot of labs are like we love you guys we really want to buy from you but we're using multi-layer so i think we're going to have a great push this year in our zirconia solutions The next big thing for us is our implant solutions, so our abutments, which I spoke about. People buy abutments from us, but they also want more solutions. So they want angled screw channel solutions, multi-unit abutments, new platforms. So we are this year coming out with all that new technology and are actually going to do a huge relaunch on our Oregon IS, we call it, implant solution. We're not just yeah. abutments. Mm-hmm. We need to provide a solution for our labs, yeah. right? So very excited about that. And we think it's going to solve quite a few issues that uh, labs are having. Is one of the solutions bars? Ooh, I would love bars. I would love bars. Uh, it's a big project to get yeah. bars. And, uh, you know, what they keep telling me here, we can do anything I want. We can't do everything I want. So (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a little way off. Yeah. Bars is a little way off, right? We could do it, but when I, I'll share with you the other things that we're doing and you can see how we're trying to balance just like a lab, right? You you need to focus. Yeah, sure. The other thing is digital. At Digital Center, we're getting requests from our labs. Can you carry this product? Can you carry that product? So we're launching printed and milled bike guards. Nice. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. So we have milled bike guards available now. They're beautiful. And Mm -hmm. we have beta tested the printed bike guards, which are going very well as well. We're going to launch a milled non-precious. They're, uh, interestingly enough, like people still would like that accuracy of a milled non-precious uh, uh, framework. We're going to mm-hmm. bring more precious metals into our milled gold offering and a 
big product line for us is going to be milled and printed dentures. Wow. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for that. Yeah, so we launched the initial denture product line. We're going to be working with some other companies now, but we believe this is going to be huge. One of the biggest challenges we actually found was that the design of the dentures is proving to be a lot more of a challenge for labs than most people anticipated. Mm -hmm. We don't sell any dentures right now. I guess we sell like a printer denture, but we saw the need. So we had a three-shape denture training webinar. There you <laughs> go. Available. Yeah. It was the most attended webinar we've ever had in the oh, history sure. of our company. I think yeah. We had three <laughs> of them, right? So it's, it's a great opportunity for us. And then we're also offering milled Emacs because customers are saying to us, look, it's great. We get everything from you. We pay for shipping. We get it. We would just like to get that from you as well. Yeah. So we're really trying to listen to our customers and be a solution for them. And then the last biggest thing that we are pushing is our clear aligners. I was going to ask that, man. So you're getting into ortho, eh? Yeah. We are in fixed in a big way. We're in removables now with dentures. And ortho is uh, the last thing we're really trying to get into. So we are building a clear aligner manufacturing facility. It will be state-of-the-art, high-quality uh, high throughput. So that's very, very exciting for us. And we'll be uh, selling the Argon Clear Aligner brand through the dental labs. Nice. So be fantastic. Awesome. So those are the things we're working on for this year. Only that, right? You can see we have our hands full. Awesome. Yeah. yeah what are you going to do with the rest of your free time? I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, I have a lot of ideas. I have a lot of ideas. <laughs> wow. And we continue to invest in our IT infrastructure and our technical support and our customer service and our website. You know, we continue to push those uh, platforms forward. So it's uh, it's an exciting time for us. It's, it, it really is. Definitely. So if I have to ask you, what do you think laboratories should be focusing on the next few years? I think you might have just summed a little bit of it up, but what else? (laughs) Help us. I think labs are going to be very successful over the next three to five years. I said this 10 years ago, and we put a line in the sand and said, that's who we're going to sell to. We're going to sell to the lab. And 10 years ago, that was kind of a crazy thing to say because many companies were hedging their bets. Well, yeah. we'll sell to the lab, but also maybe the dentist. What happens if the labs aren't there? So everyone was hedging, and I was like, absolutely not. I believe 100% in the dental lab. And not only that, I'm going to do everything I can to help them be successful, yeah. right? And whether it's bringing out new products or new technologies. And I feel exactly the same way for the next three to five years. And I remember at Cal Lab, I gave a presentation last year and I said, does everyone remember 10 years ago, they said there would be no labs, <laughs> yep. right? Sure do. <laughs> and here we are. And not only that, how many of you had your best year ever last year? Yep. Yeah. Awesome. And everyone, you know, no one wants to admit it because next year could be terrible. Like that's our fear in our lab industry. Mm-hmm. Like, like don't celebrate, but world everyone's doing really well yeah you know yeah so i feel the next three to five years is going to continue but i think the big shift is going to be in it and is so what i'm sharing with labs is the big innovation the big shift the big change was digital technology printers mills there's not going to be any major innovations done there in my opinion they'll be incremental right yeah but nothing that's going to change right but it how the lab interacts with the dentist how they communicate how you communicate with the dentist and then with argon as your supplier as your vendor how that workflow is seamless is going to be the future and what i suggest is for labs to maybe stop focusing on the next greatest printer or the next greatest mill, but to spend that time looking at the IT infrastructure, the different softwares out there, how to integrate them together, maybe hiring an IT person so you can start to get that know-how and that knowledge internal. Because every lab runs differently. There is no lab that runs the same Everyone who has the same lab management software 
has sliced and diced it for them. Oh, yeah. Right? (laughs) So I don't think there's going to be a solution that someone's going to come out and say, here's an IT solution. So what I am encouraging, because I don't have the answers, but I see in the next three to five years, this is going to be the reality, is now is the time to start investing, getting your own knowledge in-house so that when these technologies come, you're prepared to take advantage of it. I love that advice. Do you think uh do you think your wife Julie has the answer? Uh, yes, she probably does have the answer. <laughs> she should have been on this podcast, not me, right? You guys are second guessing your choice, huh? Notice I didn't oh, say that's fantastic. just saying. <laughs> just saying. Oh, that's great. You mentioned just a minute ago that you're supporting us, the industry, a hundred percent. And I'll never forget I heard you on stage, and it could have been Cal Lab last year. I don't know. It all blends together eventually. But you mentioned how you'll never sell directly to the doctor. You'll always sell to the lab to support us, and then it goes to the doctor. And I think that is huge. He might have changed his mind, though. Have you changed your mind? Before you finish that. So, yeah. No, uh, I believe in the labs, and... How I view it is the labs are our sales force, right? So you have very large companies out there and you have to hire a lot of salespeople, right? And it's a big expense. For our vision is to have the labs be an extension of our company, Mm -hmm. right? I know the labs view it differently. I'm just sharing from our point of Mm -hmm. view, right? Yeah, Yeah. We have the relationship. We have the distribution, Yes, we're going to make a lower margin and the labs are going to make their margin, but that's going to win in the end, right? So I want to be on the winning team and I would rather make a smaller part of the unit, but a bigger piece of the pie. So I think it's not only a moral thing. I think it's, you can view it from an economic point of view as well. I think it's the best thing for our company is to support the dental labs and to go through the dental labs. And I'll tell you, 10 years ago to today, it's been the right decision. I love that. That's awesome. Right? So you can look at other companies out there. You know, the labs have remembered that. And our lab partners value us and appreciate that we're there for them. And through that, the more successful our labs are, the more successful Mm -hmm. Oregon will be. It's just a very simple, simple concept. And that's exactly what's happened. And I honestly believe that will happen for the next uh, foreseeable future. It made a huge impact on me when I learned that. And it really has changed my focus on a lot of the vendors that I use personally in our lab. And just listening to you, Anton, and your family and everything that you've been through, the generational thing, it just sounds like you guys are just so supportive of the lab industry. And I love that. I love your vision. I love your company. So I just think it's it's amazing. And thank you for being on our podcast. We love talking to you. You and I have friends. I think you're amazing. Well, I appreciate that. And I think the same of you. I can tell you that on the podcast. <laughs> and I didn't cuss at all. So you should be happy about that. Well, let's get one in so at the end. It. Let's get one in at the end so they know it's you and not a stand-in, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Anton, we appreciate you yeah, coming on. Thank you. Can't thank you enough. We should keep going, but we're going to run out of time and I'll have to edit out stuff. So <laughs> can we just say in a couple years, you come back on the podcast and give us an update maybe? Yes. With pleasure. Maybe we should start the process now so we can uh, get it. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yes. Send me a list of questions tomorrow, right? No. uh, Yeah. This has been amazing. I've had so much fun. I was a little nervous, I'll be honest, uh, coming on. I've never done anything like this before. And I really respect both of you. And I I really wanted to do a good job for you. And so I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Great. I just wanted to say thank you for giving me this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. We'd like to thank Michael, too. Uh, I know Michael's an avid listener. He had a lot of really nice things to say to us about it. Uh, I think he works out and listens to our podcast, just like Sean. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he does. That's awesome. Yeah, he loves the. Yeah, this is his go-to. He loves the podcast. I know. It's crazy. I love it. I'm so happy that he's happy. That's the part I'm missing out on, the uh, working out part. I, I listen. Just listen I just to forget the podcast. To work out. You don't have to work out. He's <laughs> yeah. working out for all of us. <laughs>
outside of doing the podcast, we appreciate everything you do for our industry. Yeah. You guys support a ton of things. Barb and I are huge fans of the race of the future, and I know you're a supporter Thank of that. You. It's important that we have sponsors and all of the conferences and events across the country, and you guys always are there supporting it somehow, picking up a lunch, a breakfast, or whatever. And we can't thank yeah. you enough. It's 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 important that we recognize thank you. that. Well, thank you. And it's our pleasure. And I love this industry personally, not only on behalf of Oregon, but just me personally. I love the industry and I love the people. Yeah. So, you know, all these board meetings and all these speaking and all these shows, there's a lot. Yeah. And I travel a lot <laughs> and I have a family. Yeah. But when I'm there and I'm surrounded by this industry, ah, it just fills yeah. me. So uh, I feel I feel very grateful, grateful and blessed yeah. to be able to be in this industry, to be able to work with people like like you guys. And uh, that's why we support it. It's great. And we're just actually blessed that we're able to support it. It's fantastic. Well, thank you. Awesome. You just give me goosebumps. Thank you so much. And your wife as well and your whole family and your whole company. We appreciate you guys. Awesome. And the team. I've not met an origin. Argan. Argan. Jesus. Right, good catch, Elvis. We almost had to, we almost had to cancel the podcast. All right. We're done. No. <laughs> I have not met an Argan representative that hasn't been a good person. Yep. Same here. So thank you. You put together a good culture and it shows. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. We try. All right. Okay. Wonderful, guys. Well, have a wonderful evening. Thank and you. We appreciate it. Thanks for letting me be on Voices from the Bench. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Kettenbach Dental is a German manufacturer of award-winning impression, resin, and soft relay materials. In the United States, they have a team of dedicated manufacturer representatives who are eager to help support dentists and dental labs achieve perfect results from start to finish. They believe dentistry is a balance of art and science. In reality, not all impressions and impression materials are created equal. So Kettenbach is here to help with award-winning products like Panaceal Impression Material, which achieves the lowest contact wetting agent, making the material the most hydrophilic on the market. Products like the famous Futar Bite Registration offer your lab and clients accurate bike records with no rebound and it's easy to trim. Unique products like Mucopren Soft, a resilient soft relined silicone that is resistant to contamination, offers an excellent bond strength to a removable prosthesis, making this a long-term relined solution lasting the patient years, not months. Kettenbach Dental only sells direct and with no middleman markup, you and your clients are likely to save 30 to 50% on material costs without sacrificing quality. A great way to start with Kettenbach is to try the Panaceal Lab Putty Hard or the Lab Putty Soft for your dental lab's matrixing, indexing, and duplicating needs. The additional silicone putty comes in a 5-kilogram base and a 5-kilogram catalyst, one-to-one mix with no additional messy gel activator. How about a box of the Panaceal Lab Putty and a box of the Futar Bite Registration all for $1.99? Simply call Kettenbach Direct. It's 877-532-2123. And do mention the code Dental Lab Podcast 199. So that'll tell them that you heard it on our podcast. For more information on Kettenbach, check out their Facebook page or visit kettenbach-dental.us. Kettenbach is standing by ready to help your lab and your clients achieve inspired patients with impressive results. A super big thanks to Anton Wolf for coming on the podcast. Like we mentioned in the interview, Argon is a big supporter of our industry and we are super thankful. But more importantly, they only sell directly to labs. They believe in supporting us and that's why so many labs support them back. We thank them for what they do for the labs and their support of our podcast. So sadly enough, LMT Lab Day Chicago is over And while we are still winding down, we are also, Elvis and I, gearing up for the DLAT meeting, which is March 26th through the 28th. And if you don't know, that's the Texas Dental Laboratory Association meeting. 
They put on a great meeting in Grapevine, Texas. Last year, we were there, and it was fantastic. So they have an amazing conference, and we will be there again at the Argon booth recording all the great attendees, speakers, vendors, and anyone else willing to sit down with us. And don't forget that the Association of Orthodontic Laboratory Professionals is having their meeting at the same time. If you get to Texas at the end of March and you're a dental technician or an ortho technician, we highly recommend coming to the DLAT meeting. If you can get to the meeting on Thursday, that night, dun, 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 we will be with Alien Milling and they're sponsoring an event at Top Golf, which if you've ever been to Top Golf, it's super fun. Elvis and I will be there with the recording gear set up and ready to interview. So sign up, head out, have a few drinks, and come on the podcast. What could possibly go wrong? Like, seriously, it will sure to be a fun time by all. Links to register for everything is on this episode's show notes. All right. If anybody got pictures of us recording while at Lab Day, we'd love to see them. Send them our way. Info at VoicesFromTheBench.com or post them on our Facebook page. Dot com. I like the way you said that. Dot com. Dot com. All right, everybody. We appreciate it. Here's to the next 100. Yay! We'll talk to you next week. See ya. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Until we meet again. All right.